Hello there. Welcome to From Skirts to Scrubs. I'm Alicia. And I'm Charlotte. And we are two medical students trying to figure out our place in medicine by looking to the past and to current events to try and understand the impact they have on us as women in medicine and as women in general in this crazy world. <laughs> and you can find or follow us on social media. We have an Instagram and a Facebook, which are at From Skirts to Scrubs. We have a Twitter, which is at FSTS underscore podcast. And you can also check out our website for more information on our episodes, our show notes, sources, merch, and more at FromSkirtsToScopes.com. Absolutely. And you can also subscribe to our podcast. You can do that on any podcasting app that you like, and you can leave us a rating and review. And if you want to do that, Apple Podcasts or Spotify are great places too. Yeah. And welcome back to episode five of Women as Monsters. Woo! So, yay. In this episode, we'll be diving into some Japanese folklore. So, Japanese folklore is honestly full of female monsters. Like, there mm. are so many. There are demons, there's ghosts, there's mermaids. There's like a story about a woman that when she sleeps, her soul and her head detaches from her body. Oh, and she goes what? and drinks the blood of her victims. What? I'm telling you, there's so many stories. There's a woman who's like made of flame. There's a woman whose like body is completely just like bone. She's just purely a skeleton and she oh. lures men into her cave. Like there are oh, so many. So the fun. monsters, right? The monsters of Japanese folklore are just extensive and super interesting. But the woman we're speaking of today is not like a snake or some woman with an extra long neck. She uses to eat small animals, which is another story. <laughs> she is simply just a woman. And her name is Yama Uba. But before we get into it, Alicia, what do you know? And I will add, before Alicia says what she knows, earlier today she texted me and she said, I am so excited for this episode. I have literally no idea what it's about. <laughs> yeah. And that is still true. I have no idea who that is. I didn't even know that she was the center of our episode today. And I won't prolong it. I don't know anything <laughs> about her at all. Let's That's keep okay. going. <laughs> I didn't know anything either before I read about her. So let's get into it. Okay. All right. So you're probably thinking like, what the heck, Charlotte? You just said that she's just a woman and this series is about women as monsters. Like what, what are you talking about? And I promise I'm not like off my rocker or something or just forgot to pick a story where the woman is a monster. Because she is truly viewed as a monster, but we'll get to that later. So legend says that Yama Uba was a normal, like elderly woman living with her family in a village in the mountains. And then one year, a devastating famine hit the village. People were starving. There was like literally no food. The village was all around just horribly suffering. So one family made such a hard decision that they must have spent a lot of time thinking about. And this was the father of a particular household decided to grab his mother, Yama Uba, and carry her on his back. He carried her out of the house, through the village square, through the dead fields of food, and up into the mountains. When he had climbed far enough, he sat his mother down and headed back to the mountain, headed back down the mountain to the village, <gasps> totally alone, what? leaving Yama Uba with no food, no shelter, no protection. He had just Bro, left her there I to would. Die. I would smack my son if he took me to a mountain and just set me down. Like, what were we talking about the whole time? 
I would have been like, hey, yeah. where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we? He would have set me down two feet outside the house. He'd be like, I can't survive this journey. He was annoy him to death. To save <laughs> yeah. And then there'd be one less mouth to feed. Exactly. Left this poor woman there to die. And so I was reading a little up. bit more about this before we continue the story. So this is actually, there's this practice of leaving the elderly out to die in hard times. Just Excuse famine. Excuse me? And it's called the Uba suit, uh, which means to like abandon an old woman. And from what I can tell, they're not sure if this like actually happened in Japanese history. Like if it was like a for Cersei's thing, but it's like told in legend and myth. So you never know. Because sometimes like real and fake inter- intertwine in those stories. Um, but it seems as this, I- this idea of like Uba suit may have existed or started around the time of the great Tenmi famine in 1782, which lasted all the way to 1788. Japan, it's the largest famine in modern Japanese history. It killed almost a million people over six years. Wow. So I think that maybe this practice of like taking the elderly out to die um, might tie to this type of like situation and might be why someone like Yama Uba was abandoned. So little backstory mm. on that, but so sad. Yes, she was literally abandoned up there by her family. They were like, you know what? We have too many mouths to feed and we're all dying. We're going to sacrifice you. So she was left up there. And Yama Uba was not um, like half senile old woman, though, on the brink of her death just because her son left her in the mountains. She was pretty dang smart. Yama got to work immediately. She found herself a little cave to live in. She persisted. She adapted. She made the best of the situation she could by living in a cave in the mountains. But like after a while, you know, you're by yourself in a cave after your family abandoned you. So you start to like lose your mind a little bit. So it said that she went insane. Mm. And this is what she started to do in her insanity. So Yama began posing as a young woman to travelers on the road. (gasps) What? How? I don't know. I don't know if she gained magical powers on the way. What? <laughs> she had some makeup. I don't know how she did it, but she would go to the road and she would all of a sudden appear as this like 20 something, long black hair, striking features, a slim build. She was like the picture of beauty for these travelers. Yeah. Okay. Don't know how she achieved this, but I'm extremely confused. Keep going. So yeah, she would appear to travelers as this like beautiful woman, basically. And she'd be like, come to my cave for safe rest and, you know, food. And I will guide you in the morning. So she would take these travelers back to her her cave. They would come and she would help them get comfortable and like get to sleep. When they were sleeping, she would transform. And she would once again become herself. This like old woman again, where they always say she had like unkept, long, golden white hair. She had this unkept and she became this like old woman wrinkles again and mm. a mole, all that stuff. And this was her monstrous form, actually. So her being the monster was transforming back into the old woman, which is her oh. true self. Mm. Yeah. And once she was her true self, she would eat the travelers. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, no. They would be asleep and she would just eat them. So that's why she is so terrifying. She would eat the travelers. And these travelers are usually like ox drivers, horse drivers, local traders, whatever. But this is where the story gets kind of fun because there are many versions of what exactly Yama could do or what she would do. Mm. So 
There's one tale that when hunters would shoot at her, not sure why they were shooting at her, but apparently they would shoot at her in some tales. She would deflect the bullets with her hands. Whoa. I'm just like imagining some like crazy Marvel stuff. And she's like running around and she's like whacking bullets with her bare hands and fighting these guns off. So that's Yama. <laughs> there's, there's also a tale where she like ran into a couple twin sisters on the road. And one was kind and one was like very, very mean. And she brought the twins back to her home and she gave treasure to the kind sister and misfortune on the mean one. I don't know what misfortune exactly means. Yeah, how did she manage to do that? She definitely got magical powers from somewhere. I know. I don't know where she got magical powers from. Maybe just living in the mountains. It's possible. It's, it's It's a myth. Anything's possible. It's true. So. But I'm wondering, like, with the twin story, did she just eat the mean twin right on the spot? Because I feel like that'd be traumatizing for the nice twin. So, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Um, The stories are not very clear, but not all stories of Yama are bad. She was also said to sometimes help the village. Like in hard times, she would like climb down the mountain, offer her wisdom and application of knowledge from all of her time alone, help the village, restore the peace, and then go back up to the mountain and continue eating travelers. (laughs) <laughs> but she was helpful in some times. So people were like, okay, we'll, we'll let her like live up there, do her thing. Just Yama being Yama. But there is this one tale, our last tale of Yama here, who she comes across these travelers as usual and she offers them shelter for usual. But they don't really want to come back with her. They're like, I don't know. We've heard stories about you. We're, we're not all about this going with this old woman into her cave. So they start going away and Yama starts chasing them. (laughs) So she is chasing these travelers and they're running and they're just running through the mountains. And eventually they come upon a chain, unsure where this chain is and where it leads to, but there is a chain and the travelers like scramble up it. So Yama doesn't eat them. Mm -hmm. And Yama just, you know, looks at the chain, pushes up her sleeves and continues to chase the traveler up the chain. Dang. And she climbs, 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 but eventually she loses her grip and she falls to her death. Oh, no. I know. So sad. And she must have climbed pretty far to like fall from the climb. But that was the end of Yama. And legend says that her dead body actually would, you know, go back into the earth and enrich the land and then endow the village with fertility and abundant harvest. Wow. Which is such an interesting, satisfying closing of the circle of the story of yama yeah and that is where i leave you that is yama uba all right alicia what are your thoughts on yama uba i think she I think the story is very interesting because it kind of goes through different phases where you have different thoughts about Yama. Like at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you're like, wow, she's this old woman. Her family abandoned her in the mountains, which kind of says a lot in itself. They, Mm -hmm. you know, when a family has to decide who is expendable, they decided it was her. Then she becomes this like monster living up in the mountain and she's eating. She's a cannibal now eating travelers. And then at the end of the story, she kind of becomes like a salvation again. Yeah. Um, And I think it's interesting 
especially with folklore, how you never really know which and if any of the stories are true or how much is rooted in truth, because like each of these could be different renditions of her or like they all could be one or depending on people's view of her, they might like choose one ending over another. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. And like, of course, this story that I told is a combination of multiple, you know, different stories, because like I said, folklore, especially changes like by word of mouth and by yeah, whoever's telling it, whoever feels like saying whatever story. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of liked how it kind of all came around in the end with that. But yeah, I didn't even think about it like that, like the different phases of like emotion that you feel with the story as it goes. Um, cause she had a hard life, honestly, this poor, I mean, that started as an elderly woman, like not even accounting everything else that happened before then. Yeah. 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 I like the, when I read that her body would bring harvest in the land and I was like, wow. And she was abandoned because there was a, a famine. famine. Yeah. Like, that is crazy that that ended up being like the legend of how she would repay like the mountain she lived in. I just taken away by that mm-hmm. and a lot of people are taken away by this story that in particular there's a woman named Mitsuta Noriko from the 1970s she was a feminist um, like writer she was analyzing the story and she posed after reading it and analyzing like this and other Japanese um, folklore that there always seems to be a binary when it comes to viewing women viewing women there is either like this angel perfect woman or there, there is this like whorish woman who is breaking the rules and is sexual and all of those things. But Yama actually represents this other side that's not often discussed, the old crone. Mm. And she, she is this woman who is like outside of the gender system that the patriarchy usually puts women in. She's not defined by reproduction. She's not defined by the role mm. in her family. So Alicia, when you like consider this idea, looking at the story, like how does this play into the idea that Yama is a monster? Because like I said, she is just a woman. And even though she might have gained these mental powers to look like a, like a young woman, she still at her core, like never looks like a monster or a demon. She just looks like a young woman than an old woman. So how does this idea play into that? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting thought because when we think about women, we don't often think about older women. And I don't know even Mm -hmm. at what age this starts to become like more of a shift, maybe around menopause, honestly, because Mm -hmm. you're right. Like the old crone is its own distinct person, like all throughout pop culture, through history, myth, like the old crone is either, I think you could even divide up the old crone into two kind of like parties of like the Mm -hmm. old crone who's like um old and angry and bitter and mean like I think there's a lot of mythology that ties into that like Hansel and Gretel or like um any witch who is upset about anything is like (laughs) an old crone but then there's the also the other side of the old crone which is like this wise old woman. She's the soothsayer of the village. She's the fortune teller. She like knows all and sees all. And she just like, is this omniscient being. And I think we never talk about those things. Like I just never thought about those things, I guess I'll say as two separate things. So I think that's really interesting because when we think about 
like who is capable of being a monster. I mean, anyone is capable of being a monster, regardless of gender or race, like any of these things. But for for her, I think you either like when you're thinking about an old crone as the monster, it like puts a very different spin on the story than it does thinking about like this old wise woman, which is why part of me like thinks that the versions of the story where she comes down to the mountain and like shares her wisdom are Mm -hmm. completely separate from the versions where she like chased the traveler up the chain and like died and fell to her death. Like those seem to be separate to me because those visions of her are two separate stories. Like I don't think there's a world in which people could rationalize both of those things happening. Exactly. Unless like that would make the story more of like a two-faced story. Like there's so many myths like across so many cultures that talk about like someone having like two sides of a personality and usually they have like two faces or three faces or whatever, but she's not described as that. This is just like who she is. So yeah, I totally agree. All right. And then also Mixuta, a quote from her is that the female outsider is dangerous, disreputable, and her power cannot be tamed. She cannot be evaluated according to social standards of good or bad because she transcends them. Mm. So, Alicia, how does like this idea that she is not really rooted in like state society, she transcends them, she's viewed as like almost dangerous because she's like outside of society's norms. How does this relate to thoughts about elderly in today's society? So like experiences you've had with the elderly um, or just any ideas you have about that? Yeah, I think like the first thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this question is honestly, like, why did this woman become an outsider in society? And Mm -hmm. I mean, objectively, it's because they pushed her out. They took her out of society. Her son walked her up the mountain and left her there. And I think that's in a way really representative of, in a lot of ways, the how we treat the elderly in our society, mm-hmm. um, which this concept was very interesting to me because this is a Japanese story. Because mm-hmm. I know that in like a lot of collectivist cultures, especially in like Asia, East Asia, there's mm-hmm. a very important emphasis on caring for your elderly. Like the mm-hmm. elders of a family will live at home with you, you take care of them, like your sons and daughters like literally take care of you in your old age. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like the circle of life. And so the fact that her son like walked her up the mountain and abandoned her, I thought was really off brand, but maybe yeah. is like what made it so powerful, I guess, like the act of mm-hmm. them leaving her. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking about is just like the way that elderly people exist in our society, I think are so <laughs> it, like it goes back and forth between like being really funny and like kind of sad sometimes and just like Mm -hmm. net neutral, honestly. Cause I, what I love about like older people is that they often will just like say whatever they want. Like they will say and do whatever they want. Like I worked at the VA like multiple months, yeah, like for clerkships, it's just a hoot and a holler being over there. Like these Mm -hmm. old dudes are saying whatever they want to whoever they want. Um, but then I think you also see a lot of like sadness because there's a lot of like elder abuse and like a lot of older people are displaced. They have nowhere to go. 
mm-hmm. and a lot of isolation, a lot like, of isolation. Everyone they've known has either passed or gone about them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's like really wonderful that Yama Uba is like this vibrant woman who is still able to take care and fend for herself. But I don't know if that's, especially as you get up there in age, like how possible that still is. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think those are like some thoughts I have. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think it's a good example of like society in like the United States. A lot of times like people move into nursing homes or put like their family nursing homes. And sometimes people just forget about their their elderly like relatives in nursing homes. It's kind of just like. It's just, it's the same thing. It's like climbing up the mountain and leaving them out to dry to like figure things out on their own, even though technically like nursing homes like help them, but it's like, still, it's like, in my mind, it's like a little bit of form of of abandonment. If that family doesn't continue to follow up like with that person. So that's what I thought of. But I also, I do like the side where she's like persisting and she's like living her life and she continues on with her life in this new situation. Um, because I see a lot of elderly that do that too. Like just because you are not a part of society in like the typical way people think about society doesn't mean that you aren't allowed to like continue living your life and setting goals and doing things that make you happy and having struggles too that need to be faced. It doesn't mean like that you just aren't a part of those things anymore. Yeah. Just because you're not a part of the like typical part of society, like the working people basically. And also like the, 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 old people saying like whatever they want is so true. Like I think about how like there's so much like political correctness and um, just like new ideas of today that um, the elderly like have a harder time catching up with. That doesn't mean like people aren't able to catch up with it and like learn those things. But since they do like transcend this, this regular standards, a lot of times people say whatever they want and you're like, oh, okay, maybe we should talk about like, like this, like this. And then they're like, Oh, why? I've never thought about it like that. And then you have like a really interesting conversation about how like life has changed throughout their time. And like how this is how we talk about those things now. And, um, yeah, I can just see how this story applies to like a lot of elderly situations today. Yeah. And I was just going to say, like, honestly, if we wanted to blanket over it, sad, but our society is extremely ageist just in the same way that we're like ableist. Like we Mm -hmm. don't, the reason that like it's harder in some ways to integrate older folks into society in the typical ways that we're kind of talking about is because like we don't make it easy yeah. um and but they like again they persist and like women persist and like they just find their own pockets of community but it's just harder for some than others and like and it's kind of stressful to think about like what that looks yeah. like in the future but it's also like you just have to kind of go through your life and kind of look back and think like, did I live the life that I wanted to live? And, and if you did, then like, you can just like live out your days in peace. Yeah. And I think if you are of older age and are able to succeed in society normally as an elderly person, it's because your ability still is similar to your ability as a younger person. Like I think of like my grandpa, um, who's in his mid eighties right now. And he like volunteers every single day and he's like running around doing stuff. But oh like, God, I was like, thinking about your grandpa too <laughs> and how he did that 5k. He like yeah, walked he did 5K it. Last I was year, like, that's yeah. so cute. And he was able to do things because he was like, he's healthy and able-bodied, but also he's been having hip issues lately. So he hasn't volunteered as much and he hasn't like done those things because that's more of a barrier now. Um, 
So it's just interesting to think about like, oh, when you are more able-bodied, maybe like someone younger, then you can be a part of society a lot more. Yeah. Oh, Yama. That's Yama. I like her story. She sounds so cute and fun, even though she eats people. But I'll like put that aside. It's okay. Everyone has their fault. I'll let her have that. I know. I love it. She reminds me of like Baba Yaga. Have you heard of Baba Yaga? No, she's literally like Baba Yaga is a like a like you know like a mirrored story in a different culture. So yeah, yeah. Same, but Baba vibe. Yaga is like crazy. <laughs> she like sits on a stove. She's a funny lady. She honestly also reminds me of um from like the Accord of Thorns and Roses, like that sh- that woman in that shack, dude. Yeah, the um the one who like collected things. Yes, but I don't think only was old. I thought she was old. That's so interesting because I don't actually think they described it, but it's interesting that you vision envision. Maybe I just made that envision because of these stories I've heard in the past. I envision her of young, of being young, because didn't she have like long black hair? Maybe I I saw her as like more of like a a spinster. Yeah, interesting. True. But yeah, interesting. I didn't think about that either. Well, anyway, if you'd like to d- continue in this journey with us through Women as Monsters, we only have one episode left, but don't worry. We're going to continue the podcast, of course, and just jump back to our regular episodes. You can subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite podcasting app is. We don't really care which one. And you can also leave us a rating and review. Apple Podcasts is the best place for that. You can also leave ratings on Spotify. Yes. And while you're at it, you can follow us on social media. Um, we are on all the social media platforms, basically. And then you can check out our website for show notes, sources, merch, anything your heart desires. That's from scrubs.com. And lastly, here's to the women who fought for us to be where we are today. And may we do the same for those who come after us. Yeah. See everybody next time. Bye. Adios. Ciao.